and welcome to No Such Thing as a Bad Movie podcast. I'm April Atmansky, and I'm here today with... I'm Justin DeClue! <laughs> I'm Colin Cunningham. <laughs> wow, you're so excited. Yeah, because I'm talking about my favorite movie, Hudson Hawk. <laughs> I wish I was as excited as you guys were are about Hudson Hawk yeah. but with Bruce Willis. Well, re- okay, it was my choice, and we originally picked another movie. We won't say which, but... It, it's we'll do that unavailable. Other, we'll do that other movie. Yeah, eventually. we might have to buy a physical copy of it. And then, so last minute, last night, we should have checked beforehand. Before, uh, yeah, it's very, <laughs> was it DVD with the director's commentary? I know I have it. Uh, it's I very so. unlike us to. Uh, well, good that maybe you can rip it and then send <laughs> send us the copy next time. <laughs> yeah. So we, uh, I picked Hudson Hawk because this was a favorite of mine uh, back in 1991 when it first came out, and. Uh, I, 91 was just the summer of seeing movies over and over again for me. Like Terminator 2 came out and I must have seen that like nine times in the movie theater. Nine times? Yeah, we just kept going back. April, again again. everyone watched Terminator 2 at least 20 times. It was the law. I think, yeah, Terminator 2 and Jurassic Park in 93, I think were the only movies that have seen, you know, well, approaching the, 10 times in a theater. I can't even believe, I mean, I, only, I saw The Dark Knight three times and I... Th- well, technically, I saw Cats three times as well, so I guess that counts, too. Yeah, so Hudson Hawk was another one that summer that we saw a bunch of times. I think probably about four or five times in the theater. Uh, I have not seen it since it came out on VHS, mm-hmm. so this is the first time I'd seen it. Wow, and, uh, really? Yeah. Did you it, own it on VHS? I did, so what would... the? I don't know. What we do in the Cunningham household is, you know, I'd see a movie, <laughs> see a movie in the theater a million times and then, you know, wait for the day that it came out on VHS. And then I'd, you know, get my dad to drive me to the video store and we'd rent the movie and watch it as a family at home. I know they hadn't seen it before. So I would I would be waiting in excitement as we as we watched, you know, Terminator 2 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then when Hudson Hawk came out, I remember being in the basement with my parents and we were watching it and just like one by one the family would just sort of get up and walk away (laughs) during the movie and my dad was like the last one and uh just he didn't say anything and he just stood up maybe like 30 minutes into the movie and just walked away he pulled out a six shooter and like shot the television like Elvis (laughs) yeah and I just I, I just like finished the movie by myself in the basement and I'm like wow it's really didn't play so much like our experience watching it last, last night, night yeah. <laughs> you, you can just you. tell you know when you like you're excited to show friends a movie and then yes. you have them over and you can just tell that it's dying Whoa, the movie that is, is the bombing. worst feeling in the world and you start you know second guessing yourself like am i wrong about this movie <laughs> no yeah. it's the children that are wrong <laughs> <laughs> well i i do you remember the on new year's eve i got you to watch charlie's angels full throttle yeah. and like i we didn't even finish it because it was the third movie of the night but yeah. i was I, I feel like i spent all that viewing just apologizing for the movie yeah and i was, no I was way, so man. not I into love it. full throttle it's so I stupid remember though. nothing that happens in it though yeah but if, if you watch it again i watched it this year the third film in in a night when you know you've been drinking Ooh, wine and much, champagne. Though. Yeah, you wouldn't that, like, that one last. It's like turning on torque, you know, and your your energy <laughs> level is really low. Yeah, I think we made it like halfway through it. Yeah, I just went, went to right. To, I'm like, I'm just going to bed. And then I I was up later because I was Zoom calling with some friends, and then I went back to it, and then I I didn't finish it either. <laughs> like I don't well, even want to. I gotta say, Hudson Hawk is definitely not a film I would recommend <laughs> no, to my friends no. to watch. Even though and, actually my friends love Hudson Hawk. 
I mean, the good ones do. The good ones. The ones that you want to keep as friends. (laughs) I mean, uh, we've joked that we want to put up posters uh, around Toronto. (laughs) This has been for years. I think I've told you the story before. That says, Hat Convention in July. And then it just says, like, the address. And we'll get to why that's a Hudson Hawk reference. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think anybody would get that. I understand that joke now. Yes. But, man, watching it with April last night, was it just brought me back to that time where my my family just walked away. (laughs) Anytime I... Except she couldn't. Has not seen his family since. <laughs> she, I just kept looking over to her, you know, and a joke would just bomb, and then she Oof. would just make the the fake kind of crying face. Like, <laughs> so I've heard Daniel Waters talk about this movie, and he said that like the script was like three hundred pages because oh, every joke had like four alternates uh, like printed uh, in the script that could be said. I I just I I don't think Bruce Willis is is good at comedy. Oh, he, he, he is do not. It. No, good at writing comedy. I mean, let's paint a history picture here. Where is Bruce Willis in his fame when Hudson Hawk comes out in 1991? So this had just been followed by uh, Mortal Thoughts. I don't know that movie. Mortal Thoughts? (laughs) From 1991. A Demi Moore uh, Bruce Willis joint. Oh, Jesus. I don't know that one. And The Bonfire of the Vanities and Look Who's Talking To and Die Hard. (laughs) Two. Well, Die Hard 2. Yeah. Die Hard 2, the only good movie about Wow, <laughs> that's the better of all those movies. Mm-hmm. But I guess at in 1991, he's two years removed from Moonlighting, which was like the series that made him super famous. And that's Die crazy. Hard, of course. So Die Hard, the first one, what was that, like 86? 88. Or, 88, wow, yeah. okay. So, so that came, he was shooting Moonlighting when Die Hard came out. Wow. Okay. So, well, he obviously had some clout if he could get this movie made. I mean, but wasn't Jesus. he trying to get this made for a long time and no for one wanted a long to time. make it? Well, the story is the backstory. The person that he wrote the the script with is Robert Kraft, and Robert Kraft, if you look, he's got over a hundred credits on IMDb as like the musical executive hmm. at like Disney, like you know Disney musicals wow. and stuff like that. Um, he was the musical executive at, at Fox for years and years, but he was playing in a band way back in I think it was like the early '80s in Greenwich Village where he would play at a bar and Bruce Willis was a bartender and Bruce Willis would jump up on stage and play the harmonica, the harp as it's known. <laughs> harp? The two, harp. Two blues brothers, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess they started a friendship and then Robert Kraft had a song called The Hudson Hawk and, you know, Bruce Willis is like, what's that song? What's that song about, pal? And he's like, oh, it's about, you know, the, the Hudson River has this cold wind that blows and they call it the hawk. And he's like, you know, when we're both famous and I'm and I'm on a show called Moonlight and we're going to write a script called Hudson Hawk. But I'm going to call myself Bruno at the time. <laughs> oh, I think, yeah, Robert Kraft produced, uh, I think, one or two of uh, Bruce Willis's Do you know concerts. what the Bruno albums are, April? I know of them. Okay. <laughs> I know the return that. of Bruno. Yeah, the, wait, wait, he's wait. back, finally. Wasn't it a cartoon? <laughs> yes, uh, there was a kid's cartoon with little Bruno in it. Oh, no. Yeah. Yep. Was Bruce Willis the voice? No, definitely not. I can't imagine. It was called Bruno the Kid, and somehow it came out in 1996. Was oh Bruno Fever still going on at Way that point? Way after he initially had the Bruno craze. Holy shit, Bruce Willis did do the voice for Bruno oh the Kid. Oh my god. Oh wow. my god. Chris, you can't do a Bruno without... Uh, <laughs> can you not? Bruno That's when the, the it's just like his cachet is so spent that they're just like, all right, we'll make this Bruno, but it's got nothing to do with Bruce Willis. The thing that nobody liked. Let's I'm bring a, it back. But now he's a kid, I guess. Hey, he should uh, do a Bruno now. Oh, he should definitely. They and they can reboot did it. it. And like, just, Shia LaBeouf can be uh, the kid Bruno. 
they would confuse it with the Sasha Baron Cohen broom. <laughs> oh, uh, no, I think yeah. You think a lot of people showed up to the Sasha Baron Cohen Bruno and were like, "Can't wait to see my yeah. favorite musician back up on the big yeah. screen." <laughs> Bruce is back, baby. We just see it on the marquee. Marquee. Bruno's back. The return He's back, of the baby. return of Bruno. <laughs> That's what they should call. It. Sasha Baron Cohen should do the the sequel, and it should be called the, the Return of Bruno. But it's got like the umlaut over the U. Yeah, so you know, that's it's... right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but then he plays the Bruce Willis character the entire time. <laughs> that could be fun. He's just got this he floppy hat and like he plays the harmonica. So let's get back to Hudson Hawk. So this was Ugh. a mega production because it reteamed yeah. Bruce Willis with uh, Stephen E. D. Souza, the oh, writer God, yeah. of Die Hard. And it was also produced by Joel Silver, Joel the mega Silver, producer yeah. behind Silver Die Hard as well. Again. Yeah, so Stephen D'Souza, he directed the Street Fighter movie, the yes, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yep. But, okay, so he's popped up on the podcast, I feel like, once at least, once or twice. Has like a screenwriter. I don't remember what I, he made. Or something that we've maybe done, or April, you and I have seen that. I'm it, not sure, but I feel like the other day, or maybe it was on another podcast, his name has come up before, yeah. the director of, of Street Fighter. Anytime his name comes up, I always do the, the Leo DiCaprio. Oh, didn't we do snap. Judge Dredd? He wrote the screenplay for Judge Dredd. Oh, oh yeah, there Yeah, you go. we did that. Mm-hmm. There you go. So you know it's quality and story by uh, Bruce Willis. Yep, probably written on a napkin, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> handed it off. All right, here's my ideas. But yeah, the the this, the making of this was legendary. It was kind of like you know Waterworld or any any one of those like. You mean it went horribly over budget? The ego bombs. Oh, basically, yeah, was, like Bruce Willis, even though it was passion project, seemingly did not want to do anything oh <laughs> in the film at all. Really? Like, wouldn't say certain lines. You know, just wasn't committed to the project at all. Wow. So he was like that back then too. Yep. It, it's he not, was. not just a modern day thing. Wow. Wow. He's like, oh, this is bad. And I mean, they got great action to. Director Michael Lemon, right <laughs> off of, I guess Heather's, right? I, did he direct yeah. one thing before that? Well, did he, he do like Meet the Apple? Uh, he did heads something. Or, yeah, Meet the Apple Gates. Yes, he did that right before Hudson Hawk. The one where uh, isn't it like Craig? Uh, yeah, Ed Begley Jr. plays like uh, like cockroach people. Oh God, what? what are you talking about? Yeah, so he did Heather's, and then he went on to do Airheads. But uh, he's mostly a TV director. He did a lot of like Larry Sanders show and Airheads. Then, yeah. like he made that. he made Airheads after um, Hudson yeah. Hawk, two years after. But he, he you know had had a huge like TV career after, and still mm. works today. He did like episodes of True Blood and The Terror, which was that uh, I think an oh, AMC the, show. The show I didn't want to watch. Yeah, the yeah. horror show. Um, yeah, it was really good. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the first season, then people, nah, they didn't really talk about the second one. Yeah, he didn't even know it was out. <laughs> yep, it's out, it's done. Exactly. But, it, I mean, most importantly, this teamed up uh, Lemon with the writer of Heather's, Daniel Waters. Oh, okay, okay. Wait, did you not pick this on purpose? Because it has the same uh, writer of the movie that you originally wanted to do? Is it really? Yeah, no, I, I think that? you're just thinking Vanity Project. Oh, uh, yeah. It, uh, the previous film, people can guess if they go through his filmography, uh, has the same writer as uh, Hudson Hawk. Wow. Daniel holy Waters. shit, I didn't know. See, I think you subconsciously knew. I'm like, wow, okay, what's the next best thing that yeah, I can think of? Yeah, the next best thing. <laughs> but you Let's know, yeah, Bruce... dice and see what could come up. Yeah, as I, the only <laughs> story that I heard about this, because uh, uh, Industrial Light and Magic, ILM, did the visual effects. <laughs> this and is the best story. <laughs> this is legendary from people in the industry. This was done in 1991, so things like wire removal and, you know, 
things that you can do very easily in Adobe Photoshop, or sorry, Adobe After Effects these days, wasn't commonplace back then. And it was very, very expensive to do stuff like that frame by frame. So I guess during dailies or watching one of the edits, uh, Bruce Willis had noticed like his bald patch, that he was going bald, and hired ILM. Uh, I don't know if he paid with his own money um, or just used like the production budget or something, but paid them to like frame by frame digitally erase his bald spot in mm. all the scenes and it ended up costing I think over a million dollars it was so yeah. so expensive well to that do. kind of thing happens now all the time but yeah are you saying this may have been like one of the <laughs> are first you trying instances? to say that somebody had to remove Vin Diesel's double chin in the Fast and the Furious <laughs> movies that's not, the, that's not what I was thinking of specifically a but chin diesel you mean? I've heard <laughs> <laughs> Colin and other people have told me lots of stories of actors who want things removed yeah, this this is one. Well, there was an actor recently. Uh, one of the movies that I, I worked on at my old office. <clears throat> I guess you can't say it was an actor slash director. He was also directing the movie, and he also he was an asshole, and he also wanted uh, hair fixes uh, mm-hmm. and didn't want to pay for them. And we said no, we have to charge you for this. And then he just said fine, and would cut out the shots from the edit. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> was it Chin Diesel? Was he like, oh, I'm going bald. I'm going- <laughs> you'll, you'll never guess what movie we're even it's, talking it's about funny, because most funny. people have forgotten. Yeah, it. it's funny now to think of Bruce Willis doing that, like where his hair is now. And like, I wonder if he's like still trying that. Yeah, I want, you know, I don't want people to know that I'm bald. <laughs> so he has to bring like Pixar in to do, like, put like a hair on him or something. <laughs> like, I think like new Bruce Willis film, they have to digitally add hair to him. Bruce he Willis. refuses to wear like, a wig. 26 million. What the hell are you talking about? I'm not <laughs> he, paying for that he's shit. He's so noticeably balding in this movie. Mm. Like, who cares about the back of <laughs> you your You can head? see the hair just like falling away <laughs> as he's just going through the film. It's being blown away by the hawk. <laughs> Yeah, the hawk stole my hair in the movies. I'm like getting it back. All right, we haven't even started uh, talking about the plot of this. Well, movie. I, I want to talk about the. I want to anymore. talk about the posters, like the the pre advertising yeah, for this movie. I saw that at IMDb. There's nothing but gigantic letters saying uh, like, it's uh, the classic Darkman Gambit. Yeah, that's where, what I said. Oh. Yep, where it's like, who is Darkman? It's like I don't know who is he. <laughs> but it was like, catch the excitement, catch the adventure, catch the hawk. Catch it's the like, hawk. who is this hawk fellow? This Gabbo I keep hearing about. Yeah, and it sounds it like uh, it sounds like some sort of like STD or something. It's like, I can't, I can't, <laughs> I please I see your doctor if you've caught the hawk. <laughs> also, hawk is usually like a Native American guy. Are you trying to say that Bruce Willis doesn't have some indigenous blood in him? Well, he does have an earring in this movie. He's in got fact, four, he has several. He's got four earrings in this movie. He's got the Harrison Ford going. Oh God. The latter-day Harrison Ford. Yeah, so you'd see these, like, standees in... Uh, I don't even know if they do those anymore in movie theaters, do they? Like, the oh, big yeah, standees. I've seen standees. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah Willis, 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 he's yeah. coming! <laughs> <laughs> but it would just be a picture of him, like, swinging across. Like, what is this about? Um, yeah, so... Uh, do you want to do you want to start talking about the movie? So what you're saying is they spent a lot on advertising. There was a lot. This movie well, was this a was huge supposed bomb. to be a huge movie. Yeah, I think this was uh, this sunk TriStar Pictures. Oh, they eventually, really? yeah, they eventually had to be bailed out by Sony. But yeah, this was the one, and it, it was like in the IMDb trivia, it was like uh, 
Hawk cooks TriStar's goose. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I know that this is 1991, um, and I, like, today this would never be greenlit because it's not a franchise. It's not a known property. Uh, it's supposed to start a franchise. It the could Hawk. be yeah. a franchise. I guess back then it was Listen, more likely to be made. it's the best adaptation of Lupin the Third ever made. <laughs> Are you guys familiar with that cartoon? I, I've yes, never seen I, it. I only am now because people keep talking about it, but uh, I, I, I didn't know what it was is he like year. an international like cat burglar yeah he is he's like a, a thief oh. yeah a famous thief so he's yeah, been like a bajillion like mangas and animes yeah, and then uh, they just made a cgi movie about he's him. got like yeah. the white suit right is that his uh, no he of, has he has a green or red suit um oh. a lot of people got to know him because of uh the castle of cagliostro, cagliostro which right, was yeah. a miyazaki movie Mm. Um, which was named yeah. after the ca- the character Cagliostro from Spawn. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Okay. 100%. So. <laughs> and I mean, uh, Steven Spielberg has admitted he stole a lot for Raiders <laughs> from the uh, Loop in the Third stuff. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah, it's a, big, uh, it's yeah, a but, big deal. Yeah, but does he play the harp? Does he play the harmonica? <laughs> no, he does not, which makes that pure Willis. Well, the movie <laughs> opens and we get, you know, Bruno's back. And by that, I mean the hawk because he just got out of jail. No, Wait, the movie no, opens the in freaking oh, Leonardo da Vinci, Italy. Oh, no, and... The movie opens the way all good movies do, with a book opening, letting us know a tale is about to be told. Like, what is, this is like something from Princess Bride. I have no... Or knowing, from the knowing... classic Jean-Claude Van Damme film, The Quest. The Quest, right? Yeah, but like knowing nothing about this movie... I asked Colin, I was like, is, is this, this a, a period, period piece? piece? Because yeah. I, I thought that maybe it was. And we're here forever before we get to Bruno. Yeah. And it's like... Uh, the hawk. Hor- <laughs> it's horribly... Uh, did I say Bruno? Yeah, yeah you did. <laughs> <laughs> We've Bruno-fested your brain. <laughs> anyway, it's just like horribly cheesy. And I felt like I was watching like an episode of Xena. Yeah, it's so bad, but it's like it goes oh, back in time. it does feel it's like, like Xena, yeah. It does. It's so bad. And even like the makeup on Leonardo, uh, D- I was going to say DiCaprio, DiCaprio. <laughs> uh, is so bad. It's like Leonardo da Vinci and he's creating this, uh, he wants to finish this famous bronze statue, but they've run out of bronze. So he wants to create a machine that will convert lead to bronze. But the Isn't machine it gold? ends up. Oh, yeah, making well, He it wants gold. to convert it to bronze, but it ends up converting it to gold instead. And then he sort of realizes, like, you know, he's got this sort of intricate crystal in the middle of the machine that kind of filters sunlight. Nice. So, Since when was da Vinci an alchemist? I, he wasn't. Was he? No, he <laughs> no. wasn't. Was he? Okay. I, I don't know. But we also see him working on a flying machine, Chekhov's <laughs> flying machine. I wonder if it'll play a part in the climax. We also see him working on the Mona Lisa, and she oh, has bad teeth. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, but this is played up. So yeah, he's kind of like looking at the, the lead and gold and kind of realizes like, oh, the power. But he realizes it's best to split up the crystal into three separate pieces. Um, and then, but this this feels like a kid's movie yeah, uh, at the beginning. Yeah, it really did. And just with the narration, like you can just picture like Peter Falk like, Doing the narrate. Yeah, it was that Hudson Hawk. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I was hoping that Bruce Willis would do the narration himself. I was like, you're probably wondering how we got here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Honestly, a lot of this hey, movie felt me. like a kid's movie, except there's some swearing. And there's, there's like a, a little bit of violence. I believe the film is rated R because they drop some F-bombs, don't they? There's motherfucker. They there's... could have easily cut oh, those There out. is a... Um... It's so weird. Yeah, there's, there's some slurs th- that are spit out as well. There's like a throat slashing. There's some, mm-hmm. it, I don't remember any It's slurs. such a weird mishmash of tones. It goes from almost like a Bugs Bunny 
cartoon yeah. screwball you know what cartoon it is? it's a hong kong movie that's what this film is. that's what it felt like well, yeah i was yeah. also thinking like a silent like a harold lloyd buster keaton thing yeah if he said motherfucker in the the text cards <laughs> and i think that that's what they were going for but i didn't get it throughout the movie i was i didn't get it until the very end where i, I was finally worn down by the movie and was just like okay just just do whatever uh, I mean, the movie ends with the best joke where ah, we will get to it we did it with they're like how'd you survive this like, <laughs> yeah that probably it. happened but like the tone up until then was it, it was confusing to me i just i didn't buy what it was selling and i wasn't sure what it was selling so therefore i couldn't get on board it was selling the star power of bruno (laughs) but it it was that when i was trying to watch that uh bollywood movie doom and if you're if you're the tone is so specific and if you're just not in the right mood or if it if you just don't click with it, yeah. it's so obnoxious. Well, and you, and you, I, I think specific is maybe the wrong word. More like all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Each one of its many tones is very specific. Well, so after this whole sequence with Da Vinci setting up the important plot points, I guess, we jump to uh, the Hawk himself getting out of jail. They don't, do they talk about why he got in jail? I don't think so. It doesn't really matter. I right? think it's later uh, said that James Coburn set him up. Right. And oh, so this sets up the running theme in the movie that all brute, uh, Hudson Hawk wants is a cappuccino. Yeah. He doesn't drink alcohol. He likes cappuccino. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, he's a cool guy. Yeah, he's getting out of jail. And even his uh, like parole officer is immediately trying to get him in on another, you know, to rob like the art gallery or something like that. Like as he's letting him out of jail. I've listened to Daniel Waters talk about this movie and a running gag throughout the picture is that he had like a pet monkey that died. <laughs> Who has a like, Yeah, and it was supposed to be brought up throughout the film to the point that at the end when a villain gets killed, you can still see in the movie that uh, the, an image of a pet monkey is on his forehead. What? Yeah, so just got cut? This whole yeah, monkey subplot? Cut. Yep. So uh, I assume this is when we would be introduced to his pet monkey. Instead, we're introduced to Danny Aiello, <laughs> everyone's favorite funny man. Not to be confused with Mike Starr. But I always get both of them confused. It's true. But you know what? I like Danny Aiello. Um, he's he's good in this. Um, uh, you know, he's been in Do the Right Thing and Little Italy. Little Italy. And, um, not, I don't know what else, but this is... Uh, he's I mean, in that, this. That, that covers the whole gamut of his career, I think. <laughs> was, yeah. he the, was he in the Untouchables or like a Godfather movie? I, can't I don't remember. know. I don't I remember. Yeah. You. I don't know. He was He's definitely anyway. not in Dumb and Dumber. That's Mike Starr. Yeah, he <laughs> plays. To uh, he plays Danielle. Tommy. Tommy Five Tone. That's right. Uh, it's like the Hawks' old friend. So he picks him out of prison. Uh, they they own a bar they together. Called the Five Tone, right? Called the Five Tone. Yeah, they go, and the bars change. There. It's all hip and filled with yuppies now. But it doesn't matter because finally Hawk can have a sip of his cappuccino. But then, blammo! <laughs> it's shot out of his hands, and we're introduced to the other charisma dynamo of this film. Frank, Frank Stallone. Frank Stallone. <laughs> oh, I'd forgotten he was in this movie. I was happy to see Frank Stallone. Not to say it was a good performance, because it wasn't, but um, it, nice to see his, his visage. <laughs> he plays one of the Mario brothers. <laughs> yeah, see, that's a joke, right? Yeah. Nah, I well, mean, uh, pff, I guess. They up Nintendo. Later, they're like, let's play Nintendo. God. And he's like, the, the humor. What's Nintendo? Yeah. He doesn't but, know. Uh, that's what, again, see, the, my issue with this movie is it's if the the music was maybe a little different or if the ed- editing was faster, it would, it would be a, a spoof movie. 
but mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, it has spoof movie gags, but it's mm-hmm. not that. It's not, it doesn't go far enough, and the gags yeah. aren't as often. So that, so remember the scene where Danny Aiello breaks a bottle of wine over other Mario Brothers' head, yeah. and it's like serious. And I was like, <laughs> is this supposed to be serious? Because if it would be serious, he'd be dead. Well, it's funny because he breaks the bottle over the guy's head, and the whole bar just stops to look. But meanwhile, a few minutes earlier, Bruce Willis just has the cappuccino shot out of his hand by a gun, and nobody even reacts in the bar from across that's the room. That's the yeah, joke. Yeah. That's the classic cartoon thing. <laughs> exactly. Like you know, it's so. the, it's like the cat that's trying to get around the dog, and he crashes a bunch of things, and then like he goes "achoo," and then the dog wakes up. Yeah. See, if that's the joke, then it wasn't. It wasn't obvious enough. It doesn't quite find the tone. You know what I mean? But or the uh, timing, I guess. Yeah. So Frank Stallone also wants him to pull off this heist as well. The same one as the probation officer. And he's like, yeah, it's really easy. Like you just get in, you get out. And then uh, Bruce Willis says, yeah, it's like uh, instructions so simple, even your brother could follow them. And then April is like, hey, that's, you talking about Sly Stallone? <laughs> <laughs> hey, are you talking about me? Yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, he's like, uh, he threatens him. So he's like, oh, I guess I got to do this job now. Yeah, he kind of looks at the bar when they're all leaving and then his probation officer kind of waves at him. So they're all kind of like in on it. And so I guess he's like, you know, he talks to Danny Aiello afterwards. He's like, yeah, we got to do this this heist, pal. And I guess another running gag is they keep like listing off like song names and then Bruce Willis will just say like the length of the song, like three minutes, 25 seconds, blah, blah, blah. So I think that's supposed to be Hudson Hawk's like um, superpower. It's <laughs> yeah. knowing it's his how gimmick long songs because are. they go and they do this heist and basically the magic of it is they time the heist out by singing a song while they do it. Yeah, they Which don't is, synchronize watches. It's kind of a cute yeah, little Yeah, it's cute, gag. but also they're singing really loud yeah. and it's like, you're supposed to be sneaky. Yeah, and Bruce Willis is going around on a skateboard, and he does not go cowabunga like he should. Also, they're no. dancing all over the place, and it's like, they're not being sneaky. No, and then the editing no. kind of cuts ahead, even though they're still sort of singing, you know, in sequence, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's the magical fun of the movie. But there oh, is, like, I, there is an, a, an insane edit at the end of the sequence. Okay. Every time I see this movie, I'm like, what the hell? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I, 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 it's very jarring. I thought that the, the movie skipped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You think, but uh, at the beginning when they're like infiltrating the the art gallery, uh, they're on the skateboards and they're kind of sneaking by the security guards. But you kind of get a minute with the security guards to sort of chatting beforehand. And the guy's reading the phone book and he says, hey, "Do you know they're like twenty thousand wongs in the phone book?" And the guy says, "Like, wow, that's a lot of uh, wong numbers." And then the soundtrack. Oh God! It goes terrible. Like holy shit! It just made me think of that that Simpsons joke where it's like a gorilla. Like a gorilla. Yeah, is that even is that even a song or is that just some? It's called that racist like Chinese signifier. I don't think it's a song. It's called chopsticks. Is that what it is? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, you always just see it. I'm surprised they didn't have like a gong sound or something, you know? What is this, a John Hughes movie? (laughs) Uh, Okay, so anyway, the crazy edit is uh, they they steal the thing, uh, the horsey, and uh, they jump. Oh, yeah, they steal a little horse. (laughs) Yeah, they jump onto a... um, it's like an awning. An awning. And they're making jokes about Danny Aiello is too big or whatever. And it's like, oh, it's they obvious. make jokes of Danny Aiello being fat throughout the entire film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, when he's when he's in a scene, there's a yeah. fat joke about it. 
Um, but so they jump, they fall through this awning, and it just cuts to Bruce Willis falling into a, a, a lazy boy chair. Yeah, and then his yes. head is like wobbling, like oh yeah, 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 like Isn't a there like a bunch of dust and stuff that falls as well? I think so. Like, yeah, and I remember being confused every time I saw this in the theater because it always like feels like they fell through the awning through the floor into a chair. Into no, a chair, yes. It was just a creative edit, so it's almost like. We don't know how to get out of this scene, so let's just not show what happened. For sure, it's like you got you got so so much banter ahead of you. You want to move ahead? <laughs> yeah. S- skip you all the boring some banter stuff. for later on. Man, if you if you are not into banter, you're gonna hate this movie because it's just Ooh, nonstop. If you're into subtle performances, I got two actors that are about to show up soon. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, oh, oh boy! <laughs> let's get to it. So. Well, we're introduced when? to the butler in this scene yeah. who slits yeah. the throat of the Mario Brothers with his uh, blade that pops out of his sleeve. Yeah, this is like a henchman to somebody that you don't know yet. And mm-hmm. They kind of refer to him as Jeeves because he kind of, yeah, he's exactly like what butler, you expect from English like an old Eng- English butler. Like mm-hmm. I say it, huh? Um, he takes the the statue and breaks it and then one of uh, the crystals, one of the pieces of Da Vinci's crystals are inside, which is going to get very confusing in just a second. So you're realizing, okay, whatever, he leaves. And then there's uh, an auction is happening tonight. So Danny, I Yeah, and the horse that they stole is still being auctioned off. Yeah, it says in the newspaper that an attempted robbery. Mm -hmm. (coughs) Mm-hmm. I guess that's the implication. So then Bruce Willis shows up at this auction and sits next to Andy McDowell. Um, and then you see Richard E. Grant come in as well. And Sandra Bernhardt. <laughs> you see and hear oh, yeah. Richard E. Grant come in. My God. Let's talk about Richard E. Grant and Sandra Bernhardt in this movie. Yeah. Well, I don't mind Richard E. Grant that much because I've kind of seen him play characters like this before. It's completely high You camp. don't mind and Richard E. Grant! <laughs> Sometimes it can work, but Sandra Bernhardt, I just wanted to She's so obnoxious. blow my brains out yeah. watching and listening to her. Well, I gotta say, Richard E. Grant is probably my favorite thing in this movie, because I think he knows he knows what he's in, and I think he's playing... He has a natural uh, charm. He's kind of like that anyway in a lot of his other movies. Like, he has, he just plays it so well, that sort of manic personality. Well, but. like, I was reminded a little bit of a movie I watched recently called Josie and the Pussycats. Pussycat? Yeah, Dolls? Josie, no, and, the Josie and the Pussycats. And that movie has a similar campy tone, and yeah. why does it work so well in that movie and not in this movie? I'm not entirely sure, but the Richard D. E. Grant character is kind of like the Alan Cumming character in that movie. Yeah, yeah. They're just these over-the-top <clears throat> maniacal villains um, who are like you know, campy and uh, it's just over the top, as I said. I would I think say that it probably doesn't work here because they just riff forever, just yeah. endlessly. And yeah. I think I think if he was the only character, it might be good, but I think because they pair him up with Sandra Bernhardt and she's also trying to do that yeah. level of crazy it's energy. It's too much. It's too much. It just becomes really, really obnoxious. Yeah, you gotta have one crazy character yeah. and one subtle character. That's how comedy works, Mr. Willis. <laughs> you're saying Finally like he directed the task. movie so like there's some weird stuff that happens in this auction scene because bombs go off someone gets crushed by a pillar yeah so he said he's looking around the room and he introduced to all the characters that you're going to see for the rest of the movie he looks around and he sees like david caruso eating a kit kat and then all these other people eating different candy bars like butterfinger uh almond joy he doesn't know what's going on snickers but then you know uh turns out that annie mcdowell is actually kind of uh, assuring the authenticity of this 
bronze statue, and she says it's the real one. Um, and then Richie Grant blows up the auction for some yeah, reason. Yeah, the auction. I forgot how many people explode in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. The auctioneer explodes, yeah, right? Because doesn't explodes. he knock down? He's like, sold, and he blows up. Yeah, so I guess it was in the gavel, <laughs> I guess. So then... No, he just had explosive diarrhea. Too many beans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was just his time to go. It's a coincidence that he hit the gavel at the same time. Yeah. Uh, too many enchiladas shouldn't have had that sushi <laughs> oh god um, but yeah so they make a little love connection in this scene that's what's important yeah Andy Bruce McGowan Wilson and Bruce Willis not the auctioneer that explodes in Bruce Willis <laughs> yeah so they uh, and then what is he he's like knocked unconscious or something like that or is he introduced to James Coburn I don't remember what happens. All I remember is that at some point, Bruce Willis meets James Coburn and he ends up in a ambulance. There's a big ambulance chase. Yeah. Basically, Bruce Willis falls out of an ambulance on on a gurney and there's a big chase scene. (laughs) And it's wacky. some of the funniest jokes in the movie are him yeah. on the gurney. Yeah. Like, I, there's, there's a toll booth coming, and he goes through his pockets yeah, for another change. The change. <laughs> there's two gags that made me crack up. It was the uh, the lady like throws the cigarette out the window, and he grabs it and takes a haul, and he's he like, gets, ooh, menthol. And then, <laughs> I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get on board. And then he looks over to the side, and some lady, some girl's like, hey, mister, are you, like, going to die? <laughs> yeah, that's good. It's not a very good line. And then, yeah, so the... <laughs> The Mario brothers are in the, the ambulance. They end up like exploding and then he's sort of trundling by and he's like, <laughs> everyone's exploding. The one guy movie. has like 20 needles in his face. That was yeah, funny, I guess. it's so horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> but he's like, Caesar, so-and-so, are y'all right? And then like the ambulance blows up. Uh, it's really funny. And then I think that like his uh, gurney that he's on just comes to a stop. He gets out, meets James Coburn again, and there's a funny guy where they shoot him with a tranquilizer dart, and there's already a box filled with, like... Like packing peanuts uh, or something. Popping peanuts that he lands in. Yeah, I mean, this is where he introduces all of the secret agents yes. who are chocolate bar names. Yeah, we were introduced to James Coburn, and uh, it seems that Bruce Willis's you know character has a history with him. He's the guy who set hudson hawk up to get arrested in the first place but then james coburn's like don't you recognize me you know i've got my got a nose job i've had like you know facial plastic surgery uh why why couldn't they just have known one another i don't know but Uh, that was a joke (laughs) i I guess (laughs) so james coburn is like you know a cia agent and i is, but is are he, you the CIA? Because they're like, oh, now we changed our name. Now we're the CIB is the, or something. It was the MTVIA or something like that. Uh, because all the agents are young and they all have uh, candy bar names. So Butterfinger is like this big lumbering oaf. Here's At what, one point he goes, do you want me to rape her? And it's like, oh boy. No, he said rape him. Rape him, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that's so much you better. I had real him? big problems with that joke. Um, oh, we would yeah. just talk about that now. How is that a joke? Can someone explain it's that? It's not a joke. <laughs> it's not. It's just, I guess, to show how much of an idiot he is. He's so, so idiots rape people. Uh, I get, but he just said uh, they're just sitting in this car. I'm like, oh. what do we do? Do I be to rape? But yeah. Him? Anyway, I don't like any of these characters, and I no. don't understand why they are doing anything. No. Ever. So <laughs> the plot is very confusing. I don't know who their allegiance is to. Yeah. And they act, They half the time they're helping Bruce Willis, half the time they're trying to kill him. They want gold, because basically they hire Bruce Willis to steal 
the last crystal, I guess, from the Vatican. The two last ones. Yes. Um, so, but then it's implied that they've they're working in cahoots with the Vatican to prevent the Mayflowers, which is Richard E. Grant and Sandra Bernhardt, from getting you know the actual device together. But then it turns out that the CIA is double-crossing. Everyone's double-crossing everybody in this movie. Well, why were they all eating their own chocolate bars in the previous scene? Uh, hey, that's just their their, their yeah, shtick. Yeah, but, visual yeah, April, isn't that like wearing your band's t-shirt? That's real passe. Yeah, but one of the, the <laughs> yeah. funny gags is one of the characters or agents is David Caruso, a very young David Caruso, and he plays a character called Kit Kat, who is mute. And he's always in disguise in every scene. So there's one scene where he's actually disguised as like a statue. There's, and, there's one in every group, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. And then one scene where he's actually <laughs> dressed up as, as Bruce Willis, as Hudson Hawk. Yeah. And he's like mimicking him. And he has, like a, he has little cards that he gives out to people and says like what he's thinking. It's pretty funny. Classic Groucho humor. I'm going to have to pick something that was my favorite thing. And I yeah. do not have anything. Um, Are you going to pick the dog voiced by Frank Welker? <laughs> was it really? Yes, what? it was. I just saw it <laughs> so, on Speaking of the dog, okay, I have my favorite thing. Bunny we'll, we'll Bobble. We'll get to it. Um, okay, so he ends up in Rome, and then the rest of the movie takes place in Rome. Mm-hmm. It's actually shot there, so that's kind of neat. There's all these outdoor locations. So, do, do, did I have a stroke? Or I always forget, like, does he end up robbing the Vatican? Because you don't see it, do you? He does, because... It's off camera, I believe. No, there's like Yes, the... I believe... Wait, but what about the one where he robs the second thing, and then you, he's on the roof, and the Pope is like watching Mr. Ed on TV? <laughs> man, that was the Vatican man zoned out. But like, are you talking about the book? Right? No, he steals the Codex. Yeah, isn't that the book? Yeah, the Codex. Well, because yeah. I know that Daniel Waters said that they wrote a big Vatican like heist sequence was like there was supposed to be like seven safes and they're rotating. Yeah, so that, that like, was the one where he's scoping it out. Uh, Andy mm-hmm. McDowell is doing the tour. And then he's yes, scoping. I remember that part. Yeah, and he said so. The, and then they he writes a list down of all the things that he wants, like olive oil, mirrors, like sulfuric acid, oh, yeah. blah blah blah. And then the Kit Kats or whatever. <laughs> yeah, the and then it's the the two Italian guards they're eating like pasta out of their uh, like thermoses. <laughs> and the Choco bars show up and say, "Get him whatever he needs." Yeah. So then make this list happen. And uh, yeah, so he's robbing it. And then he's like escaping with the codex and he's going down the roof and grabs onto the, the TV antenna and it cuts the, the Pope. <laughs> he's watching Mr. Ed and it's like all the static on the T and he's like hitting it with his with his staff. It's pretty funny. Classic Pope. It's like humor. classic comedy, guys. I don't know why you're not, yeah. you know. You like <laughs> um, hey, I'm into it. Well, it's okay. So after that scene, because I feel like we just like ended up at Andy McDowell's apartment and he just has like the book there. And she's no, no. Like, he, oh my God, you stole it. As he's escaping, he jumps off the roof and lands. Oh, yeah. like a, he lands on a truck with like a chicken coop on top. That scene. Yeah, no. And then doesn't he jump off and like land at the date he yeah. was supposed to have with Andy McDowell? Yeah, it's like this outdoor cafe and then he's covered in like chicken, chicken feathers. Yeah, uh, that scene I was I, that made me automatically think silent movie. Like that was like a silent movie gag. Like he just the, the truck goes by and then he just plops down and he's on and she's like, you know, you're five minutes late or whatever. Like yeah, but then it like the genuinely funny thing is they cut to like a it's like another table, but all the the chocolate bar agents are at this table. And then he <laughs> Butterfinger looks over at the two of them and he's like, ah, to be in Paris and in love. <laughs> they're like, they're like, we're not in Paris. This is Rome. And then he starts like yelling at the waiter. He's like, this is Paris. You got to have French fries. Yeah. Wasn't that the gag? Someone was like, you what? You don't have French fries? This is Paris. And the other lady's like, 
We're in Rome. We're in um, Rome. How to be in Paris and in love. <laughs> I guess, That's good stuff. I April, how do you not love this movie? Yeah, I guess. Well, I was funny. laughing. Hey, uh, April, did you pick a favorite part yet? I think you kind of glossed over I'm it. I'm getting to it. It's the it's the untimely demise of the dog. Bunny. So the, <laughs> and I can't yeah. believe I'm condoning animal hum- uh, and violence, but we'll get to it. It's yeah, later. so the, the Mayflowers have this dog called Bunny, and like in every scene, they always say Bunny ball ball, and they throw the tennis ball, and it runs after it, and it's horribly obnoxious. But then there's and the there's... joke is that Bunny <laughs> thinks Bruce Willis's massively inflamed testicles are also balls. Yeah, yeah, and then he. Uh, well, I don't know when. I guess this already happened. The scene where the dog like licks his balls. I think it just grabs them and he's like, oh, bunny ball ball. And then he's like, oh, give me five more minutes and then I would have come in my pants. That's basically what he says. <laughs> and then I was like, well, I don't find that funny because they did the same joke in America's Sweethearts 10 years later, which I've seen. So Wait. Uh, so. Yeah, but Hudson Hawk did it first. Yeah, Thank they you did do much. it first. But Billy Crystal ruined that joke for me. <laughs> Billy Crystal ruined a lot of jokes. Jazz man. <laughs> so then it turns out, well, yeah, like, so the bad guys end up with the Codex, and the Codex is just a book, by the way. It's not very big at all. And so apparently, Leonardo hid one of the crystal pieces. This crystal is a pretty good size. It's like the size of a grapefruit, and mm-hmm. the Codex somehow has the crystal in it. Like they cut open the cover of the book, (laughs) not the thick part of the book that you could hollow out and put something in, but James Coburn cuts the back of the cover open, which is like half a centimeter thick and pulls pulls this gigantic crystal out of it. It's Da Vinci. He can change time and space. Yeah, maybe it's like a TARDIS. Or maybe that was a joke. Yeah, (laughs) TARDIS. April has asked so many times, is that a joke? Because I'm confused if things are supposed to be jokes or not, which is bad. Well, I kept looking over at her whenever a joke would bomb, just to let her know that it was a joke. Oh, yeah. And then she would make the crying face. But there's one point where... (laughs) I um, wish I was watching Black Devil Doll. (laughs) Uh, that is a better movie, better soundtrack. <laughs> At least that movie's romantic. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Hey, this is said Paris. Um, yeah. So <laughs> there is one point when James Coburn cuts open the codex, whatever, and then they're leaving the building. I think Andy McDowell's like getting let out and she looks over and then Bunny the dog is like peeing on somebody's car. And I had to rewind it. I'm like, okay, hold on a second. Not, I rewound it. It's not a real dog. It is so obviously a puppet dog. <laughs> It's pretty funny. It's like frozen in the peep. This dog cost us $2 million. Yeah. <laughs> that was an animatronic made by yeah, ILM. the Jim Henson company. Oh, we had some leftover digital hair from Bruce Willis's bald touch-ups <laughs> that we made a dog. It's just like a, a puppet dog that's frozen in the peeing position and like it's being shaken somehow by like, I don't know, a string from off screen. Or I, I didn't see it moving. <laughs> Carlo Rambaldi made it. <laughs> Frank Welker. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't know that was Frank Welker. That's so funny. Uh, Anytime you see a Hollywood movie and there's an animal making noise, it's probably Frank Welker. Yeah, I mean, he kind of has the the market cornered on animals. Oh, yeah. He probably, like, I would love, like, a feature film about, like, Frank Welker's, like, cutthroat in the voice industry. That would be amazing. I'm the dog man. Not for (laughs) for all cartoons. There's other people who do uh, cartoon voices, but if it's a movie, it's it's so specific. Like a a live action movie. um, 
Apu, no, Abu in Aladdin, mm-hmm. Frank Welker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I always crack up when I see his name come up in credits. Yeah, the that Simpsons would be good. say that they only uh, hire Frank Welker to do Santa's Little Helper when it's like an important scene because he's too expensive. Yeah. No, I'm, pretty sure he goes Dan like, does, I'm pretty sure Dan does Santa's Little Helper a lot because I can just I can just hear it in, in his he voice. He does. Dan, uh, Dan Castellana, uh, I can't say his name, uh, Homer Simpson's voice. He is seemingly the guy on The Simpsons that like he's always around. Yeah. <laughs> Like, he'll do temp tracks, he'll do whatever. He's just always and, hanging around the studio. Yeah, he's always hanging around the studio. He's like, I got nothing else going on. You know what? He also, I mean, he also uh, writes for the show now, too. He, huh. he, him and his wife have wrote several scripts. <laughs> I wouldn't know, because I haven't watched it. Actually, I do know. He wrote the uh, Barney Gets Sober That's episode. right, yeah. Oh. I only know that because I'm a big fan of the Talking Simpsons podcast. Hey, me too! Talking Simpsons! Check which, uh, I like to point out, have had Will Sloan on twice. I know. Can't I, they get I'm me still on still waiting there? by the phone. <laughs> Didn't they get enough of them the first time? <laughs> because they don't they yes. don't listen to important cinema club they only listen, nah, to, they only Michael listen and to michael us. and us <laughs> <laughs> so luke savage has also been on there like 10 times okay um yeah. what were we talking about the yeah dog? let's get ahead because <laughs> oh, sorry I, I i forget my my eyes are filled with tears for being abandoned by a podcast i listen to yeah so then uh, it's there's so many double this this gets so convoluted at this point so richard e grant like lays out the plan and then it, oh, it i always i it's kind of like you know big action movies sometimes you go numb at the end where you're like what the hell's happening yeah you just kind of shut down and it's like I can't I can't take any more into Kinda my like brain. <laughs> yeah, like Bruce Willis in the climax is like fighting James Coburn with martial arts. Well, <laughs> the, the, what the, big, the hell the is big going thing on? that happens is that Danny Aiello comes back, and he was absent oh, right. he for, for most of the movie. Yeah, so he was used as bait by the Mayflowers uh, to get Hudson Hawk to kind of get on board with this heist. But then it turns out like the last. The last item that they need, uh, they didn't even use Hudson Hawk. They just no, like blow up the. They got it anyway somehow. Yeah, so it's like, why do they even need him? It's so the plot uh... is convoluted and it reeks of like um, <clears throat> either it's a first draft or it was rewritten too much because it it's uh, definitely rewritten too much yeah. because Bruce Willis probably wouldn't agree to very much stuff, which is why it's such a mess. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so yeah, so Danny Aiello is in on it, and then they leave the two of them alone to kind of hash it out, and then. They kind of stage this big fight. First of all, they jump off a building. <laughs> and survive, I guess, second and time land, in this movie. And land on concrete, like, 50 feet and below them. Fine. And they roll down the, the stairs in front of the Mayflowers and the CIA. And then they pretend to shoot Danny Aiello. And then this and then this is a big scam. It's a double cross. The Everyone's double crossing. Shows, uh, yeah, who oh, knows? God, my head at this point. I'm not really sure Wait. kind of what, uh, how we get to the final but there, there, did we even we didn't even talk about that like Andy McDowell is a nun that's working for the secret agency of uh, the Vatican god yeah and there's that yeah. whole scene where they're paralyzed yeah. okay so yes. one of the chocolate bars <laughs> Almond she, Joy <laughs> Almond Joy she likes to shoot people with darts and and okay so this is the scene that I hated a lot so Danny Aiello and, and Hudson Hawk are they're in their apartment and they're paralyzed uh, so um Half of the chocolate bars leave, two of them stay, and they're like, okay, we're going to kill you now. We've stolen Andy McDowell because she knows how to put the puzzle box together. And so they're like, uh, they shoot them with the paralyzed stuff, and they're like, oh, in two minutes it'll wear off. But I've got a bomb that's going to go off in one minute. So what are they doing? Why are they doing these complicated things, ways of killing them? And so wacky hijinks happen and the two chocolate bars. It's because it's fun, April. That's why it's happening. Clearly you're not a fan of hijinks. 
I thought yeah. I was. April is a real somber person. She's yeah. like, no fun, no smiles. Like, there was no setup Just let me sit here show. and pet my cat with a scowl on my face. <laughs> Give me, like, the naked gun. That's the kind of hijinks I like. <laughs> yeah. Give me O.J. Simpson now. That's a comedy superstar. <laughs> Oh, um, but yeah, anyway, I just thought that, that I, that's the, where I was really confused about the whole chocolate bar. Yeah, they end up with like, you know, this you, gun that shoots. You know what like, the argument I'll make for uh, why, April, this is not your kind of comedy? If I just have a theory. Okay. Because in The Naked Gun, all the actors are playing it straight. That's why it's funny. Mm. In Hudson Hawk, everyone is mugging okay. up a storm. Yeah, especially Which just Bruce undercuts Willis. the comedy. Yeah, which is so. And then, you know, immediately it'll cut to somebody getting their throat slashed with blood spray. Yeah, and, and like, also, like, like, the Almond Joy, she goes to shoot a dart, and then Bruce Willis, like, like, he blows it blows back, it into, back her mouth. into her mouth. Oh, and then we never that see is a what happens. Classic uh, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. I know, yeah. but I'm just thinking she's she's dead. Well, she blows up because she was yeah, in the I apartment. Know. But I'm just thinking about that dart that went in her throat. Her well, she's <laughs> paralyzed. Well, she's dead. She she's falls in down. <laughs> she falls down. Uh, Danny Ayl and Bruce Willis mm. jump out the window as the apartment explodes. So her and Snickers are dead. Wait, wait. So is that the third time that Danny Aiello and Bruce Willis <laughs> have jumped jump out of a window and fall <laughs> on concrete? I think it is. Oh man. <laughs> They have asses that are just giant pillows. They're made of rubber just, at this point, yeah, pretty much. Firm, big old butts. Yeah. So then we like lead into the final confrontation. It's up in some. Ca- it's like Leonardo da, da Vinci's. I was pausing it's to like make sure I didn't say DiCaprio. Castle Da Vinci. Yeah, it's the castle of Dane DeHaan. <laughs> Dandian. Yep. Um, so yeah, and then they. It's like another big high scene. They're all running around singing. What is it? James Coburn is doing some martial arts. It, 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 <laughs> fingers, some very, very unconvincing wearing, uh, stunt double, by the way. They're wearing berets. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So yeah, so Bruce Willis has two fight scenes that are both with men in their seventies, and, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, is this supposed to make him look cool? Because he's just beating up old men. But James Coburn is like kicking him, and he's like, you know, is they, they've sped it up. It looks like something out of the mask or something. <laughs> Yeah, Bruce Willis is like, somebody stop me. And then he fights Please, the butler no more guy. And the butler guy, who does have a pretty cool sword, and he's like... He's got, like, double swords. Yeah, he's good. But wait, like, wait, wait, you forgot that Danny Aiello goes over to the cliff in um, it's like, the uh, oh, yeah, limo. Yeah, the Mayflower's that's limo. that's the scene where you see the photo of the monkey on his head, and he's like, ugh! Really? You see the photo, because I think Bruce Willis or Danny Aiello slaps him on the head, and the name of the monkey is Little Eddie. He's like, this is for Little Eddie! <laughs> Did he say that? You don't not in the movie, oh, okay. but in like the deleted <laughs> oh scenes, he did say that. Yeah. Say, if they left that in the movie, then that's really confusing. I can't believe there's any deleted scenes. Oh, they did leave it in the movie. You can see the photo of the monkey on his head. Oh, okay, I gotta. Mm-hmm. If, if I'm gonna go closely. back and check that. Well, I only have 24 hours left on my rental of. Uh... Okay, I might not get to, to check in that, but <laughs> um, okay, <laughs> only so, 24 hours. The important thing is the limo goes off a very large cliff and explodes and is in flames and. Landed. And he's like, "No, Danny Aiello, I love you." In do the right thing <laughs> little literally and um i think one of the godfathers are the untouchables um uh and yes. then yeah so like yeah the the double the double blade guys dispatch he's beheaded also and then... have we mentioned that the mayflowers um they get like copper well, all sarah over bernhardt is brutally yeah, burned horribly <laughs> yeah so, so br- what happens is they get the puzzle box from andy mcdowell <laughs> 
Um, You're talking like, yeah, it's a Hellraiser Hellraiser movie. It's what it it's looks like because like, the, they're like, I don't know how to put it together. And then Bruce Willis <laughs> is like, how about this? You're a genius. And Andy McDowell didn't do anything because she's trying to get them to not do it. But it turns out that it was missing a, sp- a, pot, a he, piece. He kept a small piece, but it's established that there's only three pieces to it. It doesn't make sense. It's anyway, three big pieces in one small piece. He put it together wrong. So the, the whole thing explodes. And yeah, Sandra Bernhardt. And I think Richard E. Grant at some point later is covered by molten gold or something. Yeah, and it's pretty horrific. Yeah. But at least they finally stopped talking, right? <laughs> and, yeah, and then my favorite part happens where Hudson Hawk fights the butler and he cuts his head off, which you see in graphic detail, and then he quips, guess you won't be making the hat convention in July. <laughs> I get that, that's and, funny, but are there hat conventions? <laughs> no, it makes no sense, number one. Um, it's just because you're the butler and something he would yeah. do as a butler. But uh, yeah, I guess go. But now he can't go to the hat convention because he doesn't have a head. Yeah. Real that's thinker. a real jerk store line. Like, yeah, you know, it is. There are no jerk stores. But then so. April. But then uh, Bunny shows up. Yeah. The the the. So apparently the dog. this dog is also evil because it's like attacking them. So it's doing you- like it has one of those like com- comedic kind of cut cutaways of the dog that it's got like a toothpick in its mouth, so it's kind of snarling. Yeah, I don't remember how it happens, but it ends up flying out the window. Yeah, no. I think he throws the ball out the window and then it goes after No, it. there's a tennis ball machine which is set up earlier in the movie when Richard E. Grant <laughs> oh. Chekhov's tennis ball launcher. And he goes, Buffy Bubble. And Bunny. Bunny. Ball ball. Bunny ball ball. And he shoots the dog, right? And the dog's like, Arr! And there's like a, a funny dog puppet that gets I, launched yeah, out the window. I can't remember how it exactly happens, but a dog... A dummy falls out the <laughs> flies out the window and it was funny and it's spinning in the air yeah. there's, there's nothing funnier i think like i love animals i love dogs and cats i would never harm one no there's course. nothing that makes me laugh harder than an animal dummy or something when it's obviously <laughs> a dummy well it's the same thing uh, with i know human. what makes you laugh harder colin <laughs> and it's right before somebody explodes and it cuts to a dummy of them which is all happens a couple times in this movie yeah and when- <laughs> yes it does <laughs> The one or two frames. Oh, be- even better, if the dog exploded and it cut to a dummy of the dog. Yeah, and it's like those two frames before Dumber. someone explodes in a movie where it's obviously a puppet that looks nothing like the person. Yeah. Or or just somebody getting launched off a, a, you know, a building and it's obviously a puppet and they, they yeah. hit things on the way down. Any that- kind of puppet or dummy, especially if the dummy starts falling apart, then it's... Oh, like, so oh, good. Oh, man, I just laugh so So hard. wait. Uh, now uh, McDowell and Bruno are trapped in the castle and it's crumbling for some reason. I don't remember why. And how are they going to get out of here? Well, maybe they will use the flying machine that's on every poster of Hudson Hawk. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So like, they, like people went into this movie so excited to see a film about Bruce Willis flying the thing. Bruce Willis flying Leonardo da Vinci's flying machine. See, this is what's confusing. Why all the da Vinci... I just feel like the the... Hudson Hawk is, is like a guy from, uh, where is he from? San Francisco or something? No, he's from Brooklyn, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brooklyn, but like, the, that, that mixed Bay. with all of this like Leonardo da Vinci Rome uh, secret agent stuff is, I just don't think it um, gels. Well, I think that, you know, what really works about the movie is Bruce Willis as a performer. He could not look more douchey. <laughs> like, yeah. to the point that the cover is him going, like, my lady with this, like, hat. <laughs> Does he have the sunglasses? Yeah, that cover's bad. <laughs> and the little round uh, black glasses he wears. Yeah. He wears, like, like, a vest over his shirt most of the film. Yeah, he's very... The, very earrings. Uh, the earrings, the four earrings. And he's got those, like, kind of balloonish pants that go up to his... Like I mean, nipples. It was the style. <laughs> it was the style at the time. 
Well, I think the movie ends in an amazing way with uh, Bruno and McDowell are sitting at a little cafe and then suddenly Danny Aiello shows up. On like a mule or something. And he's like, I'm alive! And, <laughs> and he's still smoking. He's still well. smoking like, and he has like little holes in his jacket. And he's like, well, how'd you survive? He's like, ah, oh, there were seatbelts on the, on the no, car. No, he says, he's like, ah, air, that, airbags. That makes sense, I guess. He says, airbags, can you fucking believe it? I thought he said smoke detector or something. No, but then they say, but then the fire and the explosion, he's like, they had a sprinkler inside the limo. Can you fucking believe it? I think think that uh, Danny Aiello or Bruce Willis go, yeah, that's probably what happened. (laughs) It was Bruce Willis. (laughs) Most funny hand wave. That's so, that's such a self-aware moment. Yeah. And it's it's a wink at the camera at the end. Which I like, but it's the only time in the movie they ever do that. Yeah, but I don't know. And then we get yeah. to the... So me and Colin, the movie ended, we like jumped to our feet. We're like, yeah! Can't wait to share it with all our friends. Excited for the adventures of Hudson Hawk too. Yeah, and I would surprise at the end of the credits they didn't have like, you know, Hudson Hawk will return. Will return. <laughs> Again, that joke well, is like I mean, from a different type of comedy movie, like a self-aware comedy movie. Where it does the movie end with like a book closing? It's like that's the end of the first chapter. I'm pretty sure it does. Yeah, yeah. It goes back to the narration. Does, and, yeah, because doesn't it turn like the classic like Bruce Willis turns into like a shitty uh, drawn image yes. in the book? Yeah, and April asked, "Why does he look so different? Like he's not dirty." <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, he's got all his hair. That's an ILM effect shot because it transitions into that. So and I was like, yeah, it does yeah. look kind of weird. I'm sorry, ILM. And that's sad. only the beginning of the story. Wait, so am I supposed to assume that this person reading the book is like post-apocalyptic? <laughs> like <laughs> this is the new Bible? At the, like, hot at the end of the credits, they just show a hand like throwing the book into like a, a barrel that's on fire. burning <laughs> <A fire laughs> it. What was the a movie fireplace? where you see the book and then there's like a gorilla hand that comes out? <laughs> Was that was that yes. Prince of, or Men in Tights? What? No, no, it's one. I think it's Top Secret. It's it's a Zuckerberg <laughs> yeah. one because I've seen that gag. I remember that. I've seen that movie a lot. Oh, so that'd be funny. So is Colin. So maybe it was another one. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know why I'm thinking of that. That's pretty. Wait, funny. have you still not seen Top Secret, Colin? What was that? Have you not seen Top Secret? No, no, I love Top oh, Secret. Oh, he's seen Top Secret. Okay. There's a whole YouTube video of him talking about it. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Classic. All right, so that was Hudson movie. Hawk. That, that's Hudson Hawk. Did we all part? catch the hawk? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm feverish. <laughs> I gotta go to the doctor. And I got get hot tested. fever. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I wouldn't recommend this movie. I think we're making it sound a lot more exciting than it was. Uh, uh, I would. Anyone who listened to this. Everything that we said happened in this movie happened in the movie. Yeah, and more. We're not overselling it. <laughs> but yeah, be, I, be in the right mood, I think. But I man, think if, maybe if, you just had to be there. I, I think so, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, when the I was movie there. came out, everybody hated it. <laughs> I think if I watched this movie now, well, first of all, I'd be like, wow, Bruce Willis is actually trying, kind of. But uh, I, I don't think I'd be into it now. I think I would turn it off after 10 minutes. I'd be my, I've turned into my dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is my son. My son is like trying to show it to me, and I just sort of. This is the point where I just stand up and walk away and leave my son in the yeah. basement. <laughs> if it was a music video, like <laughs> there would be like a shadow of Colin would get up. And walk away. Well, we all have movies like this, as I, the aforementioned Charlie's Angels Full Throttle, where we we don't know why we were no, so obsessed movie. with them. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, it ends. Uh, the end credits have like a, a song by Doctor John. That's right. You know, how is it not a song by Bruno? I, that's what I thought because as soon Bruno as he started singing, <laughs> yeah, Bruce Willis wrote it, and then okay. as soon as he started oh, singing, right. I'm like, 
oh god that has to be bruce willis there is an amazing special feature for this movie on the dvd that's just bruce willis on the piano oh and he's like i don't know why hudson hawk didn't do good and he like plays a few keys and the answer some questions it's because it sucked <laughs> Let me get my jazz flute Does out. Does he even play piano? <laughs> I'll get my trombone. <laughs> Bruce Willis is a master of all musical instruments. That's his real passion, music, and that's why he's always so depressed when he makes movies. I mean, if you really want to appreciate Hudson Hawk, you just got to watch any of Bruce Willis's new movies in the last five years. Yeah. Oh boy. I mean, I will Jesus admit that, Christ. like, even though he comes off douchey in the movie, it's it's him at his most charismatic. Yeah, he would never be like <laughs> doing banter or making quips or I, any of this yeah. stuff. No. I'd have to. I mean, he doesn't get up out of his chair anymore. Yeah. He's in Steven Seagal territory. I'd have to look back at Bruce Willis's whole filmography. Um, but I think that my favorite Bruce Willis performance is Death Becomes Her. Because he's really oh he's really funny in Death Becomes. Yeah, he's playing like a loser. He's playing like a a Richard Dreyfus type character, <laughs> but he's great and he's funny and he, like again he's doing comedy, but he, the tone is perfect. I really like that movie. I haven't seen that in a really long time. He's getting a chance to do his uh, his triple take. Yeah, <laughs> he does it. Oh, oh, oh. He, he does a good double take in this movie. You know, Bruce Willis, it was good in that Wes Anderson film, but then he got fired from a Woody Allen film, I think that same year, because he wouldn't learn his lines. Yeah, that's right. Oh, jeez. I remember So Wes that. Anderson, mm-hmm. uh, do you think that Wes Anderson, like, put up with his bullshit, or he, I, but he didn't give Wes Anderson bullshit? Probably the other way, but maybe he, like, learned his lesson from the Woody Allen thing. But then, you know, Looper was probably, like, the last thing that I've seen him in, where he was But he Ryan was trying. Johnson said he had no problems with Bruce Willis <laughs> making Looper. It's so I feel it's just, like, if he's really into a movie, like, if he really yeah. wants to mm-hmm. do a movie, and I... I th- think you know as a director you would probably have to have a sit down with him beforehand like look (laughs) i don't want any of this shit well then he'll either do it or he won't right yeah it's like i if you're gonna do this you really really have to want to do this movie Mm-hmm. Um, what is that picture? And as you can see, the uh, thing I just sent you guys on Facebook, uh, <laughs> Cosmic Sin what is a movie that, he, that is on the schedule. And the cover is insane. Oh, my that God. Is his head on someone else's body. <laughs> no, that's like a CG body. It looks like he's yeah. in some mech suit from Elysium or something. Yeah. I'm looking at some photos. The movie is shot and he does wear a clunky suit. In it. Oh, my God. I bet you he's like, I want to wear a clunky suit. That's going to be CGI. I'm going to shoot myself on a green screen in my basement <laughs> and then ILM it's gonna come back and stick my head on it Ugh, terrible I mean Bruce Willis I, does he just have like a lot of like gambling bills to pay I don't know. does he own too many casinos or hotels I don't like, what's know going on? he clearly needs money but like why else would you do it he's made so much money but he doesn't so much like money. doing this stuff and it's clear he doesn't like doing why it why not just retire or, 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 or yeah. produce or, or sit on a yacht Go release an album, like a you know. Go play the harmonica. <laughs> Bruno is back. The return of the return of Bruno. Who knows? Um, so anyway, uh, Hudson Hawk available to rent on iTunes. Uh, it's yeah. also in Canada on the CTV app. If you have that for free <laughs> with commercials. The CTV. If app. you're so disgusted by having to pay to see it, just watch it for free with commercials. Yeah. I remember Bruce Willis when they opened up the uh, Planet Hollywood in Toronto. Uh, they came to. There was a Planet Hollywood in Toronto. Yeah, it was right down by the Skydome. 
Oh, okay. Never went. Yeah, so uh, I remember my friends calling me. Uh, this must have been in the early 90s or something, but they're like, yeah, Bruce Willis uh, and his band are down at the Planet Hollywood playing a show on stage. <laughs> Jim Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. The Blues yeah. Brothers are back. Like I said, no. I'm like, I'm good. It was like Bruce Willis and who knows, the heart attack or whatever yeah. they were called. So that's it for Hudson Hawk. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yep, that's it. If you want to email the podcast, you can email us at no such thing is a bad movie at gmail.com. We're at Twitter at no such thing pod and we're on patreon.com slash no such thing is a bad movie. If you subscribe at the $5 level, you can get a little bonus episode. And if you're on the $2 level or up, you can be submitted into uh, a lottery that we have every few months and uh, to pick a movie for an episode. And uh we did a little patreon uh it's coming out next week for wonder woman 1984 yeah it's the movie everyone's talking about <laughs> <unfortunately>. <laughs> and you can find me on twitter at and instagram at april at mansky also on letterbox you can follow me at DeClue, J-D-E-C-L-O-U-X, letter J, on Twitter, Justin DeClue on Letterboxd. You can listen to me on the Important Cinema Club every week, the Bay Street Video Podcast. We go through all the new VHS and DVDs every week. And also, new, the Star Wars podcast, oh, where me and my friend Matthew Kumar are forced by our other friend, Peter Kaplowski, to watch the Clone Wars series. Oh my god. <laughs> we Look, are deserve two episodes medals. in, you deserve medals. and one of us really doesn't like it. Oh, <laughs> How's it going so far? I like it. I knew I was going to like it eventually. Like, I I think the designs are terrible, but I can enjoy kind of the badness of Mm -hmm. it. And it's fun to kind of quiz Peter because he loves the show and he loves Star Wars. So he basically he's like our, a living talking wikipedia <laughs> yeah he can answer all our questions and me and matthew have a lot about what's happening oh my god oh, nice. a living walking wikipedia and at the end of every episode <laughs> peter says a pun that is star wars related and that's that's and why the the it's named that the star wars podcast right. and at the end matthew goes kill yourself <laughs> And in only the second episode, Matthew reacts with disgust that Peter can't even craft a pun. Yeah, I was just thinking he's going to have to think funny. up a lot of these. You know? Yeah, he has one that is so dense it sounds like just gibberish okay. to us, and we make fun of him for it. It's like any any Wikipedia entry. Um, yeah, yeah. Did you know there was a Star Wars alphabet? There it oh, is. Jesus oh, Christ! God. Now, don't care. We'll never watch those shows. Yeah, those are shows that I have absolutely no interest in watching. And mm. I will never see, unless somebody points a gun at my head. Dave Filoni. Uh, where can, where Dave can Filoni people... and his wolf pack. Oh! <laughs> yeah, where can the people find you, Colin? Uh, on Twitter, uh, Sergeant Zima, S-G-T-Z-I-M-A. And that's it. That's it. That's, for that's closing it. the book. That's the hawk. Closing, closing the, the book, book on yeah. Hudson Hawk. The end of the first chapter. So that was the end <laughs> of the podcast. And uh, I've been April Edmansky. I've been Justin DeGlue. I've been Colin Cunningham. And the remember, hawk. there's no such thing as a bad movie. Catch the hawk. I want to start calling Colin the hawk. <laughs> the hawk. Colin the hawk. Ooh, the hawk. Ooh, that cold breeze. Was it the hawk? <laughs> it was the hawk swinging by. Yeah.